0: Didn't pick <music> dump, that are dump, that don't put dump, that are Welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry, the show where two guys watch The Andy Griffith Show in hopes of understanding America and ourselves. I'm Marty Schneider. I'm Dan Ludwig.
1: That, that, got, that got nice and wholesome at the end. It really did.
0: The The real Andy Griffith was inside you all along.
1: <laughs> the Andy Griffith was the friends we made along the way.
0: As always, please remember, if you're going to watch these episodes along with us, you can watch them on Amazon Prime, on Netflix. Most of these episodes are available on YouTube. Uh, And the episodes we're talking about today are both from Bluffin' Bob Sweeney, the most notorious card shark, (laughs) this side of the Mississippi. Disbarred lawyer Bob Sweeney. (laughs) They are uh, season one, episode 15 and 16, Those Gospin' Men, and The Beauty Contest. Both of these written by Jack Ellison and Charles Stewart, or... Charles Stewart and Jack Allison, depending on, you know, the week. Yeah. And so, this is actually a good combo, right? So, both, the uh, same director, same writers, and they're kind of our, like...
1: Neither, are, neither of them are a great episode, but they work really well together. Like, as a combo. I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna disagree. I think the beauty contest is great. I love that episode.
1: I'm a little more lukewarm on it than You, you were, like, really excited for this one, and I was sort of... A little, a little more lukewarm. I, I definitely, I warmed up more to those gossiping men. I, I hated those gossiping men the first time I watched it, and then the second time, like, just really focusing on Aunt B and her vengeance. It really, it, it's way more fun to watch, just to see Aunt B absolutely dunk on Andy Griffith for an entire episode.
0: Let's, let's just jump straight into this, okay. Uh, As always, I will read the one-sentence Wikipedia description. Episode 15, Those Gospin' Men, which aired January 16th, 1961. And for some reason, I keep using JFK as the, like, <laughs> like, marking point. Because not a whole lot of interesting stuff happened in, like, late 1960, early 1961. But JFK is about to be sworn in. It that's was, where we are.
1: It was just a nice, time. hazy daydream until his assassination. Yeah, like,
0: that's, that's where we are. He's going to be sworn in in four days. So picture the, yourself in 1961. You're watching The Andy Griffith Show. This is what's about to approach you. And you're going to have a brand new president in four days. One sentence Wikipedia summary for those gospel men. Aunt B sets out to prove that men are bigger gossips than women. This is actually like a three-sentence summary. Mm -hmm. The men spread a rumor that a visiting shoe salesman, actor Jack Finch, may actually be a talent scout. The salesman is puzzled when townspeople individually come to his hotel room to perform for him.
1: That sounds way more sexual than the Wikipedia entry intended it to. Also, yeah, way to do our job, Wikipedia entry.
0: (laughs) Next episode!
1: (laughs) This is the casting couch episode of The Andy Griffith Show.
0: Okay, so, Those Gosman Men opens up with Aunt B hanging out at Walker's Drugstore, along with a couple of other women, including... Frickin' Emma.
1: Emma, who is just, like... The worst person, the most annoying human character I've ever witnessed Just like she takes normal lines and just through that nightmare cadence of a voice, just turns them into hell sounds.
0: I mean, congratulations to character actress Cheerio Meredith for just creating this unholy demon of a woman.
1: Her voice sounds like a bird caught in like a car engine. Like, it sounds like something dying by, like, like a gruesome crushing that just never quite ends. Is that her actual voice, or is she just such a good actress that she's able to do that with her vocal cords? I
0: can't imagine that a woman named Cheerio Meredith has that voice naturally.
1: I we gotta bring that name back.
0: We gotta find her. Hunting for people Cheerio. People need to
1: start naming their children Cheerio again. That fucking rules.
0: <laughs> okay, so they're hanging out in the drugstore. Aunt Bee, it's Emma, and another woman, uh, Clara Lindsay.
1: Yeah, oh. Again, I'm
0: using the ultra-reliable Mayberry Wiki. This guy yeah. is
1: so on his game. Uh, He's naming characters who have, like, no, like, speaking lines. And they're just talking
0: shit about uh, just another woman who's not in the room.
1: Yeah, about her, uh, her unnatural hair color.
0: Yeah, just like, she came, her roots came straight from a bottle. And she's just doing it so that she can hook up with
1: that mail carrier. Yeah, no, they like like it, it starts out as like like shit talking that is wildly outdated because all women dye their hair at some point or another now, right? Like yeah, that's it's, super it's true. normal. Yeah. And Jen just like suddenly veers into calling her a slut. Yeah, like, yeah, like and and it's it's Emma that does it. They're just kind of like, oh yeah, she dyes her hair, and then Emma's like, also she's doing it to fuck a mailman. Like,
0: oh, and my favorite like, part is they talk about like they noticed it when she came into church because that's where your social life revolves around. Going to church and then gossiping at the uh, drugstore, I guess. Yeah. Uh, And then the punchline of this is that uh, Mr. Walker, not uh, Ellie's uncle, rings up her total and it's like she got baking soda and toothpaste and peroxide. Yeah. And uh, Emma, I'll put the clip in here. She's like...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who'd give Millie a second look would know those blonde tips came straight from a bottle. (laughs) Declare It's disgusting the way some women try to be what they aren't. Here you are, Emma. I'll put it on your bill. It comes to $1.34. 60 cents for toothpaste, 29 cents for rubbing alcohol, 45 cents for peroxide. <laughs> I only use it for gargling. <laughs> I'm one person that doesn't try to hide a rage. I'm in my 40s and I admit it. I only use it
0: for gargling! (laughs) Like, in this really weird, like, like, like a
1: old-timey witch, like, stirring a cauldron kind of voice. Again, she manages to do something with her vocal cords that, like, like, she says gargling in a way that sounds like she is, is doing an ancient prayer that has been forgotten by mankind to a god that we threw into space. Like, it is something nightmarish that she is doing. (laughs) I hate this character.
0: She's I hate worse. her so
1: much. And she's going to be around forever <laughs> and we've chained our lives to a show in which we have regular exposure to her. Okay. There are like what 12 seasons and I she's probably not going to die until 6. <laughs> but here's where
0: the crux of the episode shows up. Barney wanders in uh because
1: No, no, no I'm sorry. No. Andy and, comes in. Andy wanders in to get uh, Sulfa powder or something? Some some powder that you put on a cut to to disinfect it.
0: Yeah, something and, like that.
1: And uh, Barney cut his finger doing... Cleaning his gun. Cleaning his gun, yeah. yes. Barney cut his finger cleaning his gun. Uh, which, how? Yeah. <laughs> I, I Admittedly, I have not cleaned any guns in my life, but they don't seem to be that sharp.
0: Here's my question. How... Often do you need to clean a gun that doesn't get fired?
1: I think often, as <laughs> all action movies yell at you all the time, you need to constantly be cleaning your gun. You definitely need to be cleaning your gun, or
0: like taking on a whole bunch of broken glass and and bullet stuff that with no problem. But wince the instant that the heroine tries to clean your cut, yeah. yeah.
1: No, literally any movie where an old man who is a badass, like, shows up. He's like, the difference between me and you is that you don't clean your gun properly, and I do.
0: I don't think he actually, like, cuts himself that badly, right? He
1: yeah. nicks the side of his finger. Yeah. It is such a small cut that when he tries to show it to Andy later, Andy can't find it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Andy goes in to get this weird-ass powder that is accepted as a, a, a cure-all for cuts. He picks it up, and, uh, it sets off a chain reaction of gossip, where wi- the the initial women, Aunt B, Emma, the other lady, start, uh, wondering if if maybe he's hurt himself more than that.
0: Right, right, because Aunt B, or no, I'm sorry, not Aunt B. Emma finds it very suspicious that, uh, Andy ran all the way over here because of a little scratch and even the even the drug is just like what do you mean all the way over here? It's across the street. And also, we're Mayberry. Yeah. There's no such thing as all the way over it's, anywhere.
1: You can literally throw a, a rock at any building in Mayberry from any other building. Uh and also, of course, Barney would send Andy to get a uh, to get
0: sulfa powder. Sulfa
1: powder for him. For a very small cut, it's Barney.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Barney's always at, like, high alert.
1: Yes. Barney is very easily wounded and, and rendered unable to leave a building. Uh, but, yeah, it kicks off this chain reaction where, uh, from these three women, there's, like, a, a Bye Bye Birdie phone tree.
0: Right.
1: Uh, like, and with each successive... Uh, Phone um, call. Phone to, call to, to a... women old, in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, Barney's injury is more and more grievous. He, uh... He, he cut, made a massive gash on his arm.
0: He cut his hand clear off somehow.
1: He, at one point, he rips out his arm. Yeah, yeah, and And then it eventually escalates to... Barney Fife has shot himself in the chest.
0: Yeah, Barney's dead. Yeah,
1: Barney is, like... Th- it is eventually a common consensus in town that Barney Fife has managed to accidentally shoot himself in the chest, which totally feasible that barney could sure, do that sure 100 i would not question that how would you how do you accidentally like you can accidentally kill yourself by shooting yourself a lot of ways the chest is such a weird pick i guess if you're leaned over a
0: desk where you're cleaning your weapon
1: i guess if you're like pointing it directly at your chest while polishing the trigger
0: which again Barney.
1: Barney, yep, totally 100% feasible that he could do this.
0: So we cut to Barney and Andy just hanging out at the jailhouse, as is their job, Mm -hmm. and Barney starts getting phone calls.
1: Uh, condolence calls to Andy, like, people telling him how sorry they are for his loss of his deputy.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Barney is the one answering these calls. At one point in time, Orville comes over, because we all know Orville's a funeral director. And uh, Orville's like, well, it's time for me to, uh, and he freaks out because there's Barney. Yeah. Yeah, right there. And, Second and... time a man has come back from the dead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Orville, like, Orville is, like, so gleeful to be, like, like, picking up Barney's corpse. He's, like, like, he, he's vulturous. He's like, hello there.
0: I've been waiting for this day to come. <laughs> Ooh.
1: Ooh, I'm going, like, and, and then, like, once finding out that Barney is alive, he just sort of awkwardly steps back. He's like... I'd already pulled up a hearse with a coffin in it for you. He's
0: so mad that he doesn't get to bury Barney. Yes,
1: he's, like, I can't tell if it's, like, like, if it's just loss of money, like, if he's just being, like, a a money-grubbing vulture, or if he's, like, like, ooh, another
0: corpse. Well, remember, like, there's so little business for him because his town is so small, he moonlights as a television repairman. Yes. So I'm sure that he's just excited for any business. But also, I'm sure, like, he kind of looks around me like well most of this town is a hundred years old all the rest that aren't are idiots so i'm gonna be rolling in the dough any minute yeah now. it's like, a
1: long-term investment
0: orville's playing the long game yeah with that.
1: eventually there's just going to be it like i it seems like 50 percent of of mayberry's population is over 70 so at one point mayberry is just going to become a ghost town yeah
0: absolutely so so Andy goes home and he and Aunt B are having a conversation where he starts to tease her and he's like well do you hear that there's a rumor going around that Barney shot himself and Aunt Bee's like how did that happen and, and Andy doesn't take shit he's just like you know damn well how that happened
1: yeah he's like you started it there were three people when uh, I've I told three people about uh Barney's injury and it was you Emma and other lady Clara. I will not remember her name out of principle. Okay, uh, you Emma and other lady. Uh, and then suddenly he got shot in the chest. I wonder how it happened, Aunt B.
0: Great detective work on Annie's part. Really. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it just like really like drills into her, and then gets very sexist. Uh, Barney is, uh, Barney is also there to just sort of, like, join in on the sexism, like, he's sort of the hype man for Andy's sexism, where Andy is, like, uh, he he has the line uh, that really, like, sets M.B. off of, uh, men are also capable of gossip- but we don't seem to have your god given talent for it, and then Barney's just like, "Yeah, your god given talent." Just like yeah, he's
0: the hype man. Yeah, he's
1: just like behind. Come the- on, Andy! <laughs> <laughs> Tear into her! Tear into her!
0: <laughs> and is like, her line is like, "According to you, the Lord made two sexes:
1: men and blabbermouth. And Andy's just like, "Yeah, yeah." Andy's like, "Thank you for setting that up for me." Yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah, like. Oh, I don't even have to insult you this time. You did it. Like Yeah. Yeah. So Aunt B is like is fuming. Andy has been a massive sexist at her. Uh Barney is is elated because Barney is basically happy anytime Andy is a sexist.
0: Also, he's very happy that he's not dead.
1: Yeah. yeah. Barney does have a have a great like uh like right after this, Andy's him and Andy start joking around about uh about Barney's death.
0: Oh no no, no. Andy is joking about Barney's death. Barney is not happy about this at all.
1: No, no, Barney is initially like, yeah, people think I'm dead. And Andy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to a dead man. And Barney's like, all right, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. This is fucked up. I'm no longer on this. You're making fun of my open grave. Like, yeah. just like slowly stops being on board with this line of joking. I actually really like that
0: bit. It's really funny.
1: Edit that bit in. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> you did. you think I'd
0: know it if I shot myself in the chest one. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> I think so. They had you all laid out, didn't (laughs) they? Imagine that, the dumb
1: bunnies. (laughs) And and so now you're
0: dead.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, you couldn't have been very old. No. Well, they say only the good die young. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yesterday you looked so healthy. Yeah, felt good. (laughs) Yeah, yesterday
1: life and and happy. had everything in the world to live
0: for. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, well, yesterday life and and happy, and today... (laughs) I don't think it's too far. Oh, he was a jolly good fellow. I mean, when you think about Andy, uh, actually, what was the matter?
0: Well, I mean, uh, it's not a
1: joking matter. Well, we all have to go sometimes. No, we're stopping, Andy. Well, Barney, I was just funny. Oh yeah, yeah, you were funny. You're funny, all right. You're a screen You ought to get a job on one of those excursion boats. (laughs) Barney. All
0: right. So then, this this episode is so strangely structured because we're about to head into. A completely different plot that is also related to this plot.
1: There is no rising action or falling action to this episode. It's just a wild spiral out of control. Like...
0: It, it's like they they had like a battle of the sexes episode, but then they had like a mistaken identity episode, and then they smooshed them together. All
1: right, so this factors into my thing that the the Griffiths are a family of God given conmen. Like they have a natural gift for conning. I'm starting to think
0: not just the Griffiths. I think it's the entire town of Mayberry. I yep. think it's just a town of conmen
1: and, and
0: chancers, confidence men.
1: This is really an episode about Aunt B demonstrating her con supremacy over Andy. Because Andy can 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 psychologically manipulate someone, Aunt B reaches into Andy's skull and uses a single phrase to make him dance like a puppet for the entire episode. Not just him. She uses a single phrase to reach into Andy's skull, make him dance, and then spread his madness throughout the entire town. Aunt B, be- like, demonstrates her con-supremacy. She
0: definitely brain-fucks the, enti- like, the entire town. Okay. She
1: is a master grifter, and this is basically her showing, like, Oh, you think you can con people, motherfucker? You haven't seen shit! Aunt B is about to show you how to, how to die- like, dig into a person's brain and tear into it. Fucking uh animal kingdom up
0: in here. Yeah. Alright, let's 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 explain to the audience what we're actually talking about. Okay. Aunt, okay. Aunt B and Children go home. She goes to the drugstore. So she and Emma are sitting there complaining uh about how sexist uh Andy has been.
1: Soothing their their, their fevered tempers over a nice root beer float.
0: As is the custom here. Mm-hmm. Uh because they're a dry county. Yeah. 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 As we're going to
1: be discussing later on. Yeah.
0: Uh and they're complaining, uh, and even Aunt B is just like, "Okay, you got to admit they had a point." Like we do gossip a lot. And Aunt like, or Emma's like, "We don't gossip. We just spread information. Sometimes we tell these stories." And Aunt B's whole thing is she's mad because the men gossip just as much. Yeah, she says there are just as many stories coming out of Floyd's Barbershop shop as there are from our like sewing circle meetings, mm-hmm. uh, and. She's, that's what's really making her mad. It's not that, that she's getting made fun of for being a gossip. It's that Andy insinuated it was a a woman thing.
1: I mean, it's one of like those, those old forms of bigotry where you, you call out a specific subsect on a, on like a moral failing that everyone has. Yeah. Like, and, and it's on, and, and it's on like that specific subsect to prove that they don't do it when in reality everyone does it. Yeah. Um. So
0: Enter. Our special guest star, a guy no one fucking heard of, uh, Jack Finch.
1: Jack Finch, uh, the the traveling, the, the saddest traveling love, salesman since Willie Loman.
0: I love this sad little like like sack of a man.
1: Okay, so he makes his grand introduction by sitting at the counter, saying that he's passing through but going to stay for a little while. Turning to Ampy and saying. Hey, you—you you guys want to buy any shoes?
0: He's got this like really sad, like like gremlin in an old Bugs Bunny,
1: like oh 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 yeah, I thought that's a ticket. That's Do a you ticket. guys yeah, want to yeah. buy any shoes? Will you buy some shoes from me. And then they're like, I mean. I'm not, we weren't thinking of buying shoes, and he's like, no, why would you? Who, the, who wants to buy shoes? Well, it's no a, one
0: wants to buy any shoes. Like, I think... you probably got all the shoes you need. Mm. Is, I love this pathetic he, little droopy dog man. I feel, he feel sucks like... and I love him.
1: From that scene alone, how little drive he has to sell shoes? I feel like the, the subtle implication was, this guy was like... Came to Mayberry to kill himself.
0: <laughs> yeah, this guy's gonna hang himself in Jason's uh Jason's Motel. Yeah,
1: no, he was, cause he was basically like, I've come to Mayberry to die. Might as well sell a shoe while I'm here. Do you want to buy one? No? It's fine. I'm not going to need to eat much longer. Fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he is literally, a, a suicidal shoe salesman rolls into town and gets caught up in Aunt Bee's scheme. It's very strange. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so this dude is apparently from New York City. Bear that in mind, because it, it's it's going to be important in a minute. So mm-hmm. this little, like, shoe salesman finishes his drink, goes, well, no one wants to buy shoes from me. And
1: then he waddles <laughs> off. His head is barely poking out from the collar <laughs> of his shirt. Like, it looks like he's, like, struggling to, to to stand up all the way out of his
0: suit. So he, he wanders away, and Andy kind of comes in at the same time. And Andy's just curious, like, who was that? Uh, he's teasing Aunt B because he's like, Bet you got a story about him too, right? Who is that guy, huh? And Aunt B says, "All I know about him is that he was a shoe salesman from New York City." And then she like drops like three words, like, "Or was he?" Yeah,
1: the viral phrase, the 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 madness that spreads throughout Mayberry. She 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 drops the thing of like, kind of weird for a shoe salesman to be all the way out here. Why would a traveling salesman come through Mayberry? That's it. That is the extent of her interference. She's like. This is kind of weird, huh? And then just watches Andy dance. Yeah, like, yeah. and Andy
0: just kind of sits there, like, eh, I guess it's not that weird. Although,
1: like, <laughs> and, but it, but it nags at him. Yeah,
0: like, I mean, in in, in fairness, like,
1: th- I mean, it's it's it makes sort of, it makes sense, like, th- knowing how shitty of a shoe salesman <laughs> he is, is, that he has flamed out of every town. For like... 900 miles. Yeah, just state after state of just failure. And he's finally like at the end of his rope in Mayberry. <laughs> come for one final shoe, uh, shoe salesman attempt before killing himself.
0: So so Andy starts to think about this. And he leaves and Emma asks like, what did you just do? And Aunt Bee just flat out says like, just watch. Yeah. We're going to have some fun. I'm just going to I put that seed in there and we're going to see where this grows. Our next scene
1: they're at the barbershop. They they are at the barbershop. Yeah. Uh and uh they the the there there's like the beginnings of rumblings of like super weird that that guy that there's a shoe salesman in town. I think something's up with him. And Yeah, cuz
0: uh, Barney's the first person to be like why would a shoe salesman from New York
1: come all the way down here? They have feet in New York. <laughs> like. and uh and it is put to Jason the hotel owner. Uh to uh to keep an eye on on this this traveling shoe salesman like and he, he sort of like takes it really like really dutifully he's like yeah yeah i'll, I'll watch him yeah. also side note it's always weird to see a person who's over 25 named jason it, it's always sort of unsettling jason is it's a youth pastor name Yeah, no, like, anytime a man over 25 is named Jason, you should, he should just constantly be flipping a chair around to, like, sit on it and then rap with you.
0: So Jason is very, very on board with this. He's, like, almost deputized at this point. Yeah. Uh, And then our weird little sad sack man comes down and says, one of the saddest and funniest lines I've ever, he's just like, Jason, could I have a television in my room? And Jason's like, I'm sorry, we don't have any televisions. And he just kind of, like, stares off into the distance and goes, oh, television is very important to me.
1: Yeah! And it doesn't explain why. No! Then he just leaves! Which, alright, is sad now? Think about how sad that was back then of, like... Television is very important to me. There were, like, seven TVs back then. <laughs> like... And then he just leaves. Yeah, and then he just, like, he just wanders off. Like, <laughs> just t- to not sell shoes. <laughs> to, like, he wanders off to find a lake, stare at it, and be like, Well, this is my last day on Earth. I've I've come out to the middle of nowhere to be amongst nature. And <laughs> And so... And so...
0: And this this is actually repeated. Like, at this point, all of the men in town are, like, wandering around, like, what is up with this dude? What's going on? Because they've heard, they hear that Jason say that if television is important to him, and they kind of get together, and somewhere along the line, they get the idea that maybe this guy is a TV producer. Yeah. For, a, not only is he a TV producer, but he's... Also a talent scout?
1: A motherfucker of a logical leap. I can't even trace
0: the steps that get them. From just a guy who likes TV and is from New York, he must be a a TV producer. Because there's no other rational explanation that a dude could suck at selling shoes that bad. I gotta be honest, man. I've never sold shoes before, but I feel like if you gave me 900 miles of traveling... I feel like I could sell a few pairs of shoes to people.
1: Like, I feel like just, just trial and error, you could like, if you literally just went person to person and was like, hey, you want to buy shoes? Statistically, someone would be like, yeah, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, these are worn to hell. <laughs> like, uh, but I, I feel like in the writer's room, there was a point where they had like three logic steps from uh from this guy asked for a TV to he is a talent scout it's and a, they were a, just a, like, a, listen, there's no time, none of this is funny they're just gonna go from point A to point Z and the, the audience will back us up. It's, it's the, the
0: underpants gnomes logic chart, like yeah. there's a big question mark in the middle of there. Alright, and to back this up, after everybody thinks that he's already a, a television producer there's another bit where like, it's just a bunch of guys standing around and he kind of crosses the street and they're watching across the street, he being uh, our sad sack man. He again, he just kind of shows up, says something weird, and then leaves. He just shows up I tried to rent a television across the street, but I couldn't get one. And then he leaves. And then he's
1: gone. He's just like he just like shows up, is immensely sad, just like a cloud burst of sadness, and then bounces. You know what he, he reminds me of Strong Sad! yes <laughs> he is so like he is like he is like a human avatar of sadness oh television like, is important to me oh god yeah no it is a deeply sad statement it's like, neighbor, he's like it's all i have i these are my like he he, he when he has a tv he just like coaxes it, like hello friends how are you today, Gilligan was Gilligan's island on at this point? Uh, what, we're a
0: couple couple of years away from Gilligan. What the
1: he- What shows were come
0: on? Come to it? me, Donna Reed. Yeah, we like, do need to talk about the beaver.
1: Just like like keeps his face really close to the TV. It's like, ha, that's a good thing you just said to us. <laughs> just like, yeah, like, bang, zoom right to the moon <laughs> with that, Alice. Oh, this sure is a wacky scheme that we're in. Me and the Honeymooners. Alright, so... It's the only thing getting him through the day. So, now that the
0: men of Mayberry all believe that this guy is a talent scout, the first person to come to his door, I believe, is Floyd with his son, right? Mm -hmm. Playing the saxophone?
1: Yes, the saxophone. Yeah,
0: and so... Floyd says that we're oh, we're here to buy shoes, wink wink. And this guy's just like what
1: He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Like, like this, this sort of fortune is completely un, like untold from him, and he's just kind of confused as to why there's a saxophone child, like hanging out. Like, he,
0: he do- <laughs> I mean, he's not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth. He's
1: just like, okay, play the saxophone, whatever, kid. Just like, yeah, Floyd doesn't even offer any initial pretense for why his son has a saxophone. He's just like, hello, here's my son and his saxophone. I'll, I'd like to buy some wick shoes, please. And and so and so it goes This it, it happens like a bunch of times
0: We get to see We get to see Barney play the harmonica again They really
1: like that For a, like the seventh time this season They love Barney Fife and that friggin' harmonica I don't get it Was, was Don Knotts a good harmonica player? I think it? just harmonicas were funny back then is like it, is it like Steve Martin and the banjo? Yeah, it was like like just harmonicas I think back then had like an inherent funniness that we've completely lost where they're like it's a tiny instrument that you blow on with your face. It's, like, a different instrument, but smaller. Like, but, I, I think, like... But Steve Martin can actually play the banjo. He plays it very well. It was Don- oh, is it that he's, that
0: Barney sucks at the harmonica? We don't know, because Barney's never played more than a few notes before someone makes him stop. I don't get it. Was was da- was that part of Don Knotts' thing, that he played harmonica? I don't understand, but they put that harmonica in his hand a bajillion times.
1: Honestly, you could probably have someone just, like, randomly, like, just, just who has no idea how to play the harmonica harmonica play one for me for like 20 minutes and i'd be like yeah that was a pretty good jazz harmonica session you did like i don't think i can tell the difference between good and bad harmonica that's
0: fair so so this is what the men do they like go completely nuts i think uh i think they say that they bought he sold like 65 pairs of shoes or something like that. some
1: of the dudes bought multiple pairs of shoes including andy andy rolls in for uh, and buys like six separate shoe uh, sets of shoes because he did six auditions. Right, because remember, Andy loves to have. The, Andy's
0: the guitar guy at the party. Yeah, right? he's always got his acoustic guitar. Guy. He's
1: the Wonderwall motherfucker. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so, a- so Andy played free Fallen for this guy uh, a couple of times, <laughs> and, um,
1: uh, and and and. As a result, like this is just sort of a part where like there's the, the, there stops being any sort of an arc, and it's just a sequence of events. Like it's it's a montage that just go keeps going. Like this is this is
0: all of Act Three. Basically. Yeah,
1: it's it's literally just a list of the same thing happening over and over again with different characters. Which you could just do back then. A montage could just be seven scenes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember, like, any any else that, that's important. So let's there's skip someone's to the...
1: kid. Like, there's, there's another Everyone's someone's kid. kid in yeah. There.
0: So let's skip to the part where uh, now our, like, very happy young man, or, you know, shoe salesman is loading up and he's in his car and he's like, well, time for me to go.
1: I've sold my shoes. he uh well before he goes he's uh he's on the phone with someone and uh and he's like like yeah no uh you're saying that i sold the most shoes anyone has ever sold in a single day well i you, you know how you say that a a salesman has to have raw magnetism i guess when people are kicking down your door to buy your shoes and also play you musical instruments you must have that i wonder like I want to know what
0: happens to this guy when he gets to the next town, when he gets to, like, Raleigh-Durham. Does he, like, now that his confidence is boosted, is he still a good salesman, or is he just going to wipe the hell out? Like, he's just going to fall flat on his face, and he's going to spend the rest of his life... Chasing Mayberry. He's, he's gonna be chasing that high. They've killed this man.
1: His, his sales strategy is going to be to tell one person that he sells shoes and then sit in his hotel room and wait for them to come because he's, he thinks that's how you do that now. <laughs> They've ruined this (laughs) See I thought this this was an uplifting Story of Mayberry coming together As a group of goons to prevent a man's Suicide but they've given him One brief glimmer of hope Before a meteoric downfall (laughs) They've
0: destroyed this poor man
1: Oh my god (laughs) So
0: he So uh So Andy like leans over the car window This man is about to drive away mm -hmm. And uh He's just like so do, uh, do you think we got a lot of talent here in Mayberry? And Guy's just like, yep, sure do. Do you think that we're good enough to be on television?
1: I think all of you are good enough to be on television. Bye. And he just <laughs> yeah. drives off. Also, all right. <sighs> so as a side note... What was television back then? <laughs> was it literally like you you turn on the TV and it's like, and next, some guy. And it's like just a person playing a guitar? Yeah, like, pretty much, yeah. Was that like, it was just a list of people doing things? Because the town goes completely apeshit and just starts doing any talent they have at him. Was it just a series of talent shows? You, you know
0: how sometimes like local news will be like, meanwhile, Millie the waterskiing squirrel. Is our like local interest story that that's for like the last five minutes of a local news program? That but around the clock.
1: But- like, like, was he? Were they expecting that he was going to like, uh, like call well, his he, boss he, and was like, "Hey, you know how you've been looking for a 16 year old who can play the saxophone? I've got that hot sound you were looking for for television." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they,
0: they they specifically think that he's a talent scout for a like specific talent show. They say it's like Manhattan Showtime, which my brain tells me is Manhattan Melodies, which is the show that they put on in Muppets Take Manhattan. But, okay, no. no, they they think. Again, in that little question mark period of where the hell they got this idea, they figure out that he's a talent scout for a specific talent show.
1: So TV back then was just talent shows. The Gong Show was happening. I mean, TV. Oh, the Gong Show makes sense because it's also a uh, comedy thing. People yeah. being mercilessly I mean, roasted TV by comedians. Fair.
0: TV now is mostly talent shows. Talent shows are cheap and they draw big ratings. That's fair. Yeah.
1: That okay. Yeah. All right. So then they just he just drives off. He just goes. Yeah, he's, they're like, "Do you think any of us are good enough to be on TV?" And he's like, "I think all of you are good enough to be on TV." Goodbye, <laughs> and like that's the line that breaks the illusion. Like, and they're all just left devastated. And and as Andy stands there, he looks up, and Aunt B is across the street, and Aunt B just kind of goes like, gives him a nod, like, "Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah." Do you, that thing that just happened to you. I did that. And and Andy's, like... Andy, like, oh, what's, does... What's,
0: what's that Game of Thrones bit? Like, I want her to know it was me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you just got the Aunt B special, motherfucker. And Ooh, she basically <laughs> does the Generation X suck it move. Yeah. And Andy Ooh. just, like, kind of, like, leans up and is like really got me. And I wanted like one of the side I wanted Floyd just leave and be like, oh, "Are you guys having a nice moment? Was this did you did did, did, he, did she prove some point to you? I bought 6 <laughs> pair of shoes with money I don't have. This was my lottery ticket. Well, how am I supposed to explain this to my wife?" My uh, son is very convinced that
0: he's going to be on television.
1: He sucks
0: at the saxophone.
1: Your moral point has bankrupted the <laughs> Floyd family and given my son hope that I now have to take away from him. It, oh, did the Griffiths have a good conversation about morality and gender? I bought 12 goddamn pair of shoes because I believed in my son. <laughs> I'm just one of the people to be like we are not pawns in your game. Yeah, no. no. These are lives. <laughs> but yeah, but but and then it's followed. I thought like it was going to end with Aunt B just giving like a yeah, motherfucker look.
0: She but, gives the, we need to really like call attention to Aunt B's stone cold grin. Yeah. She just gives him a grin and a nod. It's like it's like fucking the, the the revelation of Kaiser Soze like yeah. at this point like Andy drops the mug
1: and all right they, and I thought it was going to end with that but then and like Andy is in his in the jail like like just like like, chin in his fists, like, just kind of, like, leaning on the desk, like, all sad, and Epi rolls in, and she says a lot of stuff, but the subtext is basically her going, like, Oh! Motherfucker! You thought you could manipulate someone? Did you just see what I did to you? Fuck you! Like, just, like, just basically, like, she just- dunks on him! She does a
0: victory lap and a half.
1: <laughs> like, she's just like, like knocking shit off his desk, like, fuck you! You just got Aunt Bede! Like, you think you run this town? I'm on your shit! <laughs> I made you dance like a puppet with three words! That thing you accused me of doing, I made you do it to the letter, and I used less than a sentence! <laughs> <laughs> Antby
0: fucking kills it.
1: Antby <laughs> dunks on Andy mercilessly. <laughs> and <laughs> it rules it's and she so good. and she devastates the economy of the town in doing it. She literally she spreads viral madness. Like It's
0: terrifying, honestly.
1: Aunt B could level this town with a word if she chose to do so. They all exist in her palm.
0: Black Agar Bagon.
1: <laughs> Is that made. a fucking black bolt <laughs> reference? Yeah it was. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: I'm Clint. And I'm Jared. And we're the hosts of the podcast, Hollywood, Your source for inebriation. Which you're not listening to right now, because this is just a promo for a weekly podcast on all kinds of movies. New, old, good, bad. Yeah, especially bad. Plus, we invent a cocktail and a drinking game inspired by each film. And sometimes we make jokes. Not this time, but sometimes. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher and check out the whole shebang at AlkaHollywood.com.
1: Okay. On to the beauty contest, which has a lot to unpack.
0: Beauty contest airs January 23rd, 1961. Here's our one sentence summary from Wikipedia. Andy is made sole judge of a beauty contest. Again, let's go ahead and say how weird that is. He's the only judge of the beauty contest. I
1: feel like this issue illustrates why that never happens for anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Andy is made sole judge of a beauty contest, and the townspeople pester him by promoting their favorite contestants.
1: So, I can't tell if this episode really, really effectively illustrates why beauty pageants are creepy, and I can't tell if it's doing that on purpose or by accident. Now, I
0: do want to point out, before we begin, this is the episode that made me go, oh, I get it. This is the episode where I was like, oh, this is is what everyone talks about when they talk about the Andy Griffith show a little it's a dated but it is just like a pure-hearted very kind of a sweet episode with some very silly bits about like eccentric characters. This is the one where I, like we're 13 fucking episodes deep now. We're like halfway through the season and this is the first time where I was like this is the Andy Griffith show that we hear of.
1: See, this episode really creeps me out, but it creeps me out in a way that I can't really fault it for because it's it's creepy in a way that just modern life is creepy because it's a bunch of people Basically, going up to Andy and being like, Do you find my daughter sexually attractive? Tell me which of my three daughters you you find the hottest. Like, like it's literally people parading their nieces, daughters, girlfriends, and wives before Andy Griffith. Which is also,
0: like... Like, how beauty passions work. Yeah,
1: no, which is, like, I can't really, like, fault it for that because we haven't shaken that l- creepy aspect of our society. And but, and
0: Andy handles it probably the best way possible.
1: Really? Because Andy mercilessly roasts several women. Oh, it's
0: hilarious. Yeah, but... Andy
1: calls several women ugly throughout this episode. Do you want to validate his actions? Uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna... He literally says at one point, I can't give her much points for looks, but I can give her points for muscles, because she's able to lift a bag of flour very effortlessly.
0: Let's go to the the actual conversation here. Let's dig into it. All right, so, all right, we open up on a town council meeting, and this time, the town council consists of Andy, Ellie, Floyd, and some dude. (laughs)
1: Yeah, some motherfucker. (laughs) It's literally whoever is in the room. Some guy. Like... And, and just my favorite little pug of a man, the mayor, who I feel like anytime he's not on screen, just has his hands stuck in two jars. Like, he's just banging two pickle jars together like, ah, damn it. Like, so they're, they're in the a room. that is of... is run by Winnie the Pooh. They're in the room. <laughs>
0: They're in the mayor's office, and they're planning the, like, no, I'm sorry. I skipped a scene. The first scene is in Floyd's barbershop. Yeah. Andy enters Floyd's barbershop, uh, and he's like, well, Floyd, it's time for me to, like, sign sign you up for the annual town fair. He, he says, Give me I some need, money. it's
1: time for your donation. And Floyd goes, I guess I don't have a choice, do I? And Andy just goes, no, you don't. Like, <laughs> for a little again, a sinister moment of, like... Of Andy's power, where he's just like, give me your money, Floyd. And he's like, I guess I'll place an advertisement I don't at all need. That's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why does the only barber in town need to advertise anything?
1: He's literally, he's been openly established as a terrible barber that people only use because he's their only option. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Floyd says, all right, well, here's my donation. Uh, let's I'll buy an advertisement for Floyd's barbers, whatever. It's
1: basically a shakedown. Yeah,
0: yeah, he gets shaken down. And then uh, Floyd is like So what's gonna Is it the same stuff we do every year Like the fair and the, the dance And the, all that other stuff and, uh, and he's like yep we're gonna have all the free watermelons It's gonna be a good time blah 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 Southern phrases southern phrases
1: Yeah good as a peach on a Dog's ass Like some <laughs> shit like that He says some stupid fucking phrase uh, and-,
0: <laughs> and then they they say like I wish we could come up with something original For the ending because I guess every year the mayor's wife rides out on a horse and sings some opera shit. On. Are, and, are they doing,
1: is she the Valkyrie? Did, did she do like uh, the spear and magic helmet kind of shit? I really think she's just singing on a horse. I think it's nothing. In, I think like she's doing like the, the that time's equivalent of like Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Like she's just singing whatever the hell she feels like. All right. So and the, Andy basically says something to the effects of if I have to hear her sing one more goddamn time I'm going to lose my mind and and
0: fortunately for them the mayor is also on their side
1: no no okay so there it's like uh basically there's a he's standing right behind me isn't he bit where where he's like if i have to hear the mayor's wife sing on a horse one more time she's the worst singer she's just screaming on a horse and floyd's like andy andy and then the mayor takes off a towel and it's been him in the barber's chair the entire time, which is really funny because the mayor's bald. Yeah, uh, he's he, he was he was getting shaved. Sure, uh, and and Andy's like, "Oh, mayor, I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that about your wife." And it it endears me more to the mayor that he's just like, "No, you're right about my horrible wife. She is a terrible singer. I hate it so much." Like, so they so they all decide. That they're going to... He's waving his little arms during this entire thing. <laughs>
0: so, the mayor doesn't so, have so,
1: elbows, he just has nubs. So Andy picks the mayor
0: up by the shoulder and helps him out of the barber chair. There you <laughs> go, little buddy. <laughs>
1: just goes, up, up! Uh, he, carries, he carries him in a papoose back to the mayor's office. And so they go to the
0: uh, newly established
1: town council meeting.
0: Uh, Where they're trying to come up with some ideas to uh, make the finale of the town fair even better.
1: The people there are Andy, Ellie, the other town council members, and a guy who was just (laughs) trying to get a petition signed. And was just like, you're on the town council for this meeting, you get a vote!
0: Yeah, yeah. And so they're talking about ideas. Someone comes up with the idea of fireworks, Ellie shoots that idea down. uh, Because if you do fireworks uh, now, it'll take away from the edge of the Fourth of July. Because, you know, they don't live in a world where fireworks are just readily accessible all the time. Yeah.
1: No, they're not in the modern South where you can just throw a rock and hit fireworks. I
0: mean, at this point, like, I, I kind of agree with Ellie. We're inundated with fireworks in our modern era. Fireworks don't feel as special anymore.
1: I've become numb to fireworks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They uh, used to fill me with such wonder. And so, eventually, Floyd comes up with the idea of a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'd expect Ellie to be against this, but Ellie's 100% on board. In fact, Ellie's the one who nominates a judge. Yeah. And let's go ahead and throw this out here. It is unfair to have a beauty pageant in a town where Eleanor
1: Donahue lives. Yes. Absolutely unfair. Like, Eleanor Donahue is unnaturally beautiful for this show. Like, like, but and, and, but. The, not the, the, for this show, just in general. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah, absolutely. And everyone in the show immediately accepts that, like, They're like, okay, so it's a beauty pageant where, uh, where, where Eleanor Donahue is in the town. None of us have to feel bad about losing to her. Eleanor Donahue is in the town. Her refusing to participate throws the entire hierarchy of the town out of whack, and it's just every man for himself chaos. Yeah,
0: so, so Ellie suggests that Andy should be the judge, uh, because he's single, like, so apparently they're not in a relationship at this point.
1: They're and, just fucking.
0: And he's a good judge of character, blah blah blah. Uh, and as they're walking away, as they after they vote on this, they're gonna have the pageant, Andy's gonna be the judge. Andy like starts to tease Ellie and says, I saw what you did there. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. When I choose you, we'll act surprised. And Ellie, like again, showing that Eleanor Donahue is the best actress on this show. Get so mad at him.
1: Why is she in a relationship with him? 80% of her interactions are her going, You dick. Like, how dare you say those words to me? She's like, you pig-headed asshole. I could win a beauty pageant without having to rig it. How dare you? Like... Like, I mean, she gets sort of disproportionately mad. It's in, in fairness to
0: Andy, like, she definitely gets way more mad than this deserved. But in fairness to Andy, like, I also kind of thought that was what was going on because, like, I... Because there was no other reason for her
1: to be just so freaking like, all in on Andy on this. Yeah, no, she gets angrier about this beauty pageant con that he proposes than the time he tried to prevent her from voting. Like... You know what's... what's would have been
0: funnier what would have been way funnier because that's where I thought where this going uh was that she was gonna be like I have an idea for a judge a man who is single and will be impartial a man who's a great judge of character a man with high moral standing Party
1: Fife that's where I thought the episode was going Barney Fife is not single. Barney Fife is I'm pretty sure in some sort of polyamorous relationship with six supermodels. <laughs> I think I think Bar- Barney Fife like is uh, yeah. All
0: right, so so this is this is the setup basically. Now Andy's in charge of this uh this beauty pageant. He cannot choose Ellie because Ellie's not even like running. Ellie's, yeah, Ellie
1: is so outraged by his con- his suggestion of fixing it that she refuses to to do it all together
0: yeah so Andy goes home and as he's like preparing this hanging out with Aunt me and Obi, uh, everyone starts to get on his case even Aunt B is just like you need to get Ellie in this because it's gonna solve all your problems
1: but Suddenly, and Andy's general reaction is like yeah yeah no I'm aware that that would be perfect like he's like'm I'm, I'm doing the best I can on this.
0: Yeah, so suddenly, um, another woman. We're gonna. I'm gonna say, Meredith something is something like that. Like an older woman comes in with her daughter, and it's like, "Hi, we came to like borrow a cup of sugar." It's a great bit. Yeah, and this young woman like parades around in a full like curtsy mode. She
1: does poses like throughout the house. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, and 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 Andy's she's... very confused by this. Send her to the kitchen, uh, and. I wanna give Aunt B some a good moment here because this older woman comes in and sits down and Aunt Bee has the line like Well Meredith, why don't you sit down for a bit? And she delivers it immediately after the woman has sat down because Aunt B's just given a I can't believe this shit face the entire time.
1: The best part is the woman is like, Can you believe that my daughter no longer has any of her baby fat at nineteen? So Super weird thing And Andy follows that up By being like Yeah I just noticed That she doesn't have Fat knees anymore It's like Holy shit Like Way to somehow Take an insane thing For a person to brag about And be weird And shitty about it No you know what You know what I'm gonna defend Andy On this one I am I am
0: And there goes our Entire female Listenership No No I'm going to defend Andy because he, at this point, is realizing that he is in a shitty situation. Like, this is the face of a man who's just like, oh, I know how the next couple of days of my life are going to be. So I'm going to Bobby Fleet this shit.
1: I guess he can just say whatever the fuck he wants about, like, anyone <laughs> in the town. Like, Look, we, we can't praise Bobby Fleet for roasting the entire town. And also condemn
0: Andy Listen, for doing this. Bobby
1: off. Fleet called the town ugly. Andy calls each and every woman ugly about very specific features of their bodies. Also,
0: he like just a minute ago
1: said he thinks that all women are beautiful, which is really weird. Yeah, no. He thinks all women are beautiful except their faces, knees, elbows, <laughs> arms, general body shape, and th- and noses. Like, and, like, but the, it's just, like that's what the judge of a beauty pageant does. It's a per. I know. Yeah, no. It just illustrates how fucked up Andy it's stupid is. Open and fucked. Andy is the per the perfect person for this beauty pageant, not for the good reason Ellie says, but because like when someone was like, "Hey, here's my pretty daughter," Andy's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, she's very nice." She, uh, her neck is weird. Like, like, again, That's I didn't That's what even, they called on him to do! I didn't even know you could call someone's knees fat! I didn't know that was a valid insult! It's something you say about
0: babies. Yeah. Look at your it? baby with the fat in your knees. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a baby fat thing. Whatever. Um, so this woman leaves, and then
1: another young girl comes in. Oh like, no! No, no. The, this woman leaves, and then as the, the 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 blonde daughter is being led out by her mom, she's like, "Do we still have to take the sugar?" Like, yeah, she's right. Like, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Go! 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 And
0: then like another like young blonde girl with a parasol and hauling a bag of peat moss around, yes. like. Is... Just,
1: like, like making a big show of, like, effortlessly flinging it around, like, over her shoulder, down, back over Which her shoulder. It kind of
0: makes me wonder, what do these girls think a beauty contest is?
1: I think, was it just walking around voguing with, like, various, <laughs> like... But, Things? but is she, does she think she's going to like an athletic competition? Does this girl think that it's like, like a weightlifting? It's the most impressive thing anyone does in this entire episode. She can lift a bag, like a five pound bag of peat moss. That woman whips a bag of, uh, a, a bag of peat moss it's around. Peat moss. Yeah. yeah. That looked heavy. I could not have done that.
0: Yeah. I mean, good for her. And then that's where Andy says the line you said earlier, like, well, I can't give her much looks for, much for looks, but, uh, she got the muscles. The whole time, by the way, uh, the Opie... G-
1: the girl is also in the room when he says that. No, she, she just left. Oh, did she just she leave? Just left. I thought she was just slightly out of frame, and I was expecting her to just yell, like, Okay, well, screw you! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for putting myself out there. I'm gonna go. So, Don't the wanna... whole time,
0: by the way, Opie is advocating for uh, a girl from his class, um, Mary something... Mary Wiggins. He's
1: advocating for Mary Wiggins. I initially thought this was an... Like, I thought Opie's claim was was legitimate, and this was an all-ages beauty pageant. Like... Yeah, for a second I
0: thought that, too. (laughs)
1: Like, Little Miss Sunshine was intermingled with Miss Universe... And I was like, oh, this is a next level kind of (laughs) fucked. This is is creepy on a way that we got rid of a long time ago. But fortunately, Mary
0: Wiggins is ineligible on grounds that she's in the first grade. Yes. Um, But
1: it's not going to keep Opie from, like, trying. Opie campaigns hard and is, like... Opie is relentless in campaigning for, like, basically he's just trying to uh, get this girl as his girlfriend and, like, really digging into his dad to make it happen. I
0: gotta say, because we do, like, he does bring Mary Wiggins in in a later scene, and, like, that is a cute little kid. She, yeah. She's adorable. She smiles. She's got, like, the missing, it was definitely some, like, It's probably, like like, Julie Sweeney. Um, yeah. Like, it was definitely, like, a producer's daughter. She well, has no speaking lines. She has no speaking lines. She just kind of smiles and, like, isn't pigtails. I'm like, this is a cute-looking. Also, like, way bigger than than Opie. Oh,
1: yeah. very l lo- Like, yeah, that, yeah. that large in terms but, For a
0: child, like, she's a, like... She's, she's sprouted up. Yeah, she's sprouted up. And, you know, I'll, good for you, Opie.
1: Opie doesn't, like, conform to your traditional beauty standards. Yeah, Opie, Opie dates women taller than him. Yeah. Man, Opie is, like... Ope for, like, Opie is young and really, like, making moves. Like, Opie has had, like, three girlfriends so far. Opie... And he's going on his fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So. Opie is like, Dad, I'm trying to lock this down. Can, can you, you, like. Throw me a bone here, man. Yeah, come on, old come man. Come on, Dad. Yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, there's there's this moment. And this is, keeps happening. Like, he's surrounded. There's, like, a hard day's night kind of moment. I like this shot. It's a really cool, like, like dolly shot where we move along with andy down the street at a pretty fast pace the camera does and there's all these people like clamoring behind him it really does remind me of like a hard day's night Mm. where the people are chasing the beatles uh and uh, he ducks into the the jailhouse um he calls ellie to apologize we don't see the other end of the telephone conversation yeah but he calls Ellie and he says, first of all, I was wrong. I apologize. I'm very sorry for that. Second of all, can you help me here? Can you can you join this 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 beauty pageant? It's gonna make like, third of all, hello? hello? Yeah. Hello? She hung, she hung it up. And, and then
1: And th- then he starts talking to himself. And he's like, Alright, well thank you, lady druggist. Let's see if you get anything the next time you need a favor from me. Oh goodbye, Ellie! Like she was still on the line. No, no, no! I don't think she was still on the line. I thought that that was what no, I no, took no. away.
0: No, the what the way I interpreted that scene was because when he's like yelling at himself at 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 the phone, uh, Mrs. Bishop comes in. He realizes that there's somebody there, and he realizes that there's somebody there who sees him like yelling to himself. So he pretends that Ellie's on the line and everything's good.
1: I thought my my takeaway was Ellie hadn't hung up yet, so she heard him screaming at her.
0: Oh. Both, vo- both both are funny. Both work. You can watch the episode on Amazon Prime or Netflix and tell us what you think. Email us at BreakingMayberry at gmail.com or tweet at us at BreakMayberry. Moving on. The door opens and there's an older woman uh, named Mrs. Bishop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miss Bishop is going to talk to him about the pageant and he says, oh God, do you want me to, to name you too? She's like, no, I'm, I'm past all that, but I can help you. Mm. And she volunteers to help everything and start making pageant gowns and uh, directing the like play or whatever. And Andy's like, "Oh, thank you, God. Yeah, thank you. Someone else going to b- bail me out."
1: And then Floyd rolls through, and Floyd is like, "Hey, I also want to help. I'm going to write a song. I- I've got this part so far." And he just like sort of meanders out some like vape. Like, he basically he's like, "Oh, Mayberry, oh Mayberry," and Andy's like. Yeah, that's the beginning of a good song. He's just relieved that someone's leaving him alone and he's like, Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a masterpiece. Just do it, Floyd. We'll put it in, whatever. Uh so, so for... is the next thing the conversation with the mayor? Yeah, and then the mayor comes in. The mayor. The mayor comes in
0: and he's basically like, Well, Andy, I'm I'm really sorry you're going through all this. We won't pressure you.
1: We don't care which of our three daughters you pick. <laughs> which again, the creepiness of it where it may or the mayor is like, "Andy, I trust you to pick which of my daughters you find the hottest." Like like why are you why do you want this? Like it's 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 just, it's like the you fact know, that there's a single judge emphasizes the creepiness of beauty pageants because normally it's just like well, which, like, cumulatively, which of the... what These three judges are deciding which of these people is the hottest. When it's one dude, it's so much creepier. You know, if it's not...
0: They, they had to have Ellie nominate him. Because otherwise this would have been so much weirder. Because... I'm, I'm going to go in a dark direction with this. Mm-hmm. Right? We're talking about the South. Yeah. We're talking about... Girls probably between the ages of 14 and 18. Yeah. And we are talking about a young... Well, not young. An older, single, eligible sheriff with high standing in the community.
1: Oh, God. And they they emphasize his singleness. Yeah.
0: They are basically like auditioning to be child brides for andy at this point
1: it really has that feeling like they're not like coming by and auditioning their daughters as like here's this woman that is unavailable to you that you are judging on objective beauty they're like like hey here's uh here's my hot daughter andy griffith like what you think about this daughter of mine
0: yeah no it's because like we're like we're in a fucking Roy Moore situation at this point, right? like Like, if if Andy was like, I'm gonna, this is the winner, and uh, she's gonna go home with me, like, the community would be like,
1: okay, yeah, yeah, like we're, that's we're flattered the pr- about it. That's the price of this W. You're like, yeah, we'll take it, like. It's really fucking weird. But Andy Griffith, not that kind of
0: man, you know. Um Yeah. But it does, like, there is kind of that, uh, that undertone to it. It's um, oh,
1: You know what is also weird? Andy Griffith is very outraged about the concept of fixing a uh, a beauty pageant. Why is this Andy Griffith's moral line? He has been so flex... <laughs> <laughs> he has been so flexible with the law and, and honor and morality. Why is his... He'll frame a man for armed robbery and he won't fix a beauty pageant. And he acts like his reaction to fixing a beauty pageant is as if you'd asked him to frame a man for armed robbery. His, his moral reaction is so all over the map. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is this guy our moral standard? He's he's deeply offended at the concept of of, of rigging a beauty pageant. And, and putting aside the fact that he offered to do that at the beginning of the episode, like and and beyond that, like that's you, true. You you've know what? done <laughs> like two criminal conspiracies so far.
0: You know what it is. You know what it is. Uh. He doesn't like the idea of fixing... It's not that he doesn't like the idea of fixing a beauty pageant. It's that if he's going to fix a beauty pageant. It's going to be on his terms. And it's going to be so that he gets some. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he'll only fix that beauty pageant for Ellie. Yeah. And he specifically... He very specifically tells Ellie, like, please join. Uh, So, Andy takes a trip over to the auditorium, I guess. Yeah. Where uh, Mrs. Bishop is
1: doing a lot of work for him. Mrs. Bishop is not just doing a lot of work for him. It's kind of a, a neat thing where Mrs. Bishop is not it has dropped her sweetness persona, and she is like, one more time. I need you to see. I need to see passion in this. This is a tribute to Mayberry. You people just founded this town. I need you to perform. Like yeah. she's she, she's whipping them into shape. So they're she doing is like... the dude from Black Swan. She's like, attack it, attack it, attack it. <laughs> she is. She is J.K. Simmons in whiplash. Yes! (laughs) Like, she is tearing into Floyd and the other performers doing this shitty pageant. (laughs) Yeah, so they're putting on this pageant, like, uh, about the founding of Mayberry.
0: Uh, It's really funny, like, watching Floyd botch his lines and stuff. Yeah. It's a good bit. Floyd reveals that he's written his song uh, for Miss Mayberry, which is literally just O Tannenbaum slash O Christmas Tree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Mayberry and it's like hail to thee miss mayberry is it like Um,
1: is the joke that the song sucks because
0: it's i have no idea
1: yeah it because it's not it's not like comedically bad it's just a deeply mediocre song yeah yeah Uh, like if i heard this at like a local event like if i went to my hometown and heard this song at a pageant i'd be like yeah that's about right i mean
0: i would have the response of is this so christmas tree yeah. and then i would and then i would move on with yeah my life.
1: they um, do the song like four times I, I don't totally understand what the joke of it is yeah and
0: then andy's like well gotta tell you floyd it's really nice to have somebody just helping out without ulterior motives and floyd's like so by the way
1: i have a daughter floyd has been playing the long game floyd waited until the perfect moment to to strike So we finally
0: get to... He denies Floyd. And we finally get to the pageant. We don't actually see the pageant.
1: But but he denies Floyd in, like, a way that he is at the end of his rope. He was like, I thought you of all people. Like... I thought you were different. You were all I had. And...
0: He shouldn't have thought that based on literally every experience we've had with Floyd so far.
1: And and Floyd was basically like, listen, I made a lot of promises to my niece. You can't, like, I need this. You owe me for the shoes. Yeah, I am calling. You destroyed my family financially. My wife will leave me if I don't get this for my niece. You come through for me on this man. I need a favor. You owe me. (laughs) You owe me. I have been a pawn in your game too many times, Andy Griffith. Alright, so we get to the, the
0: pageant. Uh which we don't actually see. Like kind of the next scene, like it's the end of the pageant. It's just all these girls standing up there. The announcer I guess it's it's the mayor that's announcing. And then he's like reading the list of names, and then he reads and our next contestant, Ellie Walker.
1: Yeah. Who put Ellie's name in there? I think the the thing was Aunt B put it in. Oh. and she's like glaring daggers at it's, Andy Griffith because she thinks
0: he did it it's like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire man like he's not supposed to and she's just like she like gets right up in his face again a very good shot Bob Sweeney really coming into himself as a filmmaker yeah uh, gets right up in his face and just like this was not my idea
1: and if you pick me I'll never speak to you again it's yeah, again she brings so much intensity to this very mild situation yeah That's
0: Eleanor Donahue, baby. That's what you get when you (laughs) when you get Eleanor Donahue on stage. Where the
1: fuck was Eleanor Donahue? Why did why have I not heard of her until this show? Like she rules. She rules. She's kicked ass. Yeah, she's too like she should have been acting opposite Humphrey Bogart. I feel like feel like she should have been taking like roles that Natalie Wood was taking. Like she was she like like they gave her scenes where she was just selling a root beer float to someone, and she like tore into them. Andy
0: is, Andy obviously has not made a judgment. He steps up to the plate, and, to the plate, to the mic, and, and he, he... just starts,
1: like, meandering. He starts
0: to meander, and he starts to mutter, and he's like, Well, what? beauty! He,
1: what is beauty? Webster's did, Dictionary defines yeah, beauty as... And he does this shitty wedding toast. <laughs> like, we should... Before we decide who the winner is, we should really discuss what is beauty. There's external beauty, which I think we can all see. But what is Internal beauty And then he's just like His eyes are darting Wildly around By that
0: point He's already made his decision Because he sees Miss Bishop Who is just like Still Like literally She stopped playing the piano And went back to Sewing the robe Yeah Like she's doing So much work for this So she just finished The robe that's supposed To go for the beauty Pageant winner And Andy does that thing Like Well you know what That's also inner beauty And so he decides to uh, He brings Miss Bishop on And he basically says I'm gonna give this to the one person in this entire town who did not give me shit. And he crowns Miss Bishop Miss Mayberry.
1: The best thing would have been if right after he puts the crown and robe on her, if she had just been like, That's how you do it! That is how you get it! You you think you played the long game, Floyd? This is the long game! Oh my <laughs> Miss god. Miss Mayberry motherfuckers!
0: If, if the Andy Griffith Show was just a series of elderly women just taking Andy Griffiths the fucking task, it would be the greatest show of all time.
1: Andy, the, every episode of the Andy Griffith Show is one scene of someone going like, yeah, like, <laughs> away from being incredible. Like,
0: but that's not the show we have. What we yeah. have is the Andy Griffith Show where Miss Bishop is rewarded for her kind heart and her volunteering and her talent and her generosity and I gotta be honest it's really sweet when she like almost tears up a little bit yeah. when she gets to the crown and stuff it's, it's a very sweet moment adorable. And like I adorable that was the moment where I was like oh okay yeah I get it this is the Andy Griffith show
1: Every, after that everything just sort of locks into place like Ellie like embraces him Is like you made the right choice
0: all and... of the girls start crying you can't hear that
1: is the freaky thing all of the girls weep his like they don't they just start crying. they weep hysterically. They start screaming Moaning and gnashing of just, teeth. Ah, oh. Like like they, they, they start like waving their arms. It's like collective madness. Like
0: Yeah, so so Floyd tries to sing his song but he can't be heard over the crying. Whatever, the entire town is just like, this bullshit. Yeah, no, the entire town (laughs) dissolves into chaos.
1: Why (laughs) did they do this?
0: (laughs) This is is the last uh, beauty pageant that Andy's ever going to judge.
1: This is the last beauty pageant. Like, beauty pageants should be illegal in Mayberry after this. Because, like, (laughs) one woman feels kind of good about herself, and then, like, half the female population of Mayberry is on suicide watch for three weeks.
0: Yeah, can we talk about how, like, every woman in Mayberry is either 16 or
1: 75. That feels pretty accurate for the South. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But like the level of despondent they are, like we're not exaggerating on this. The level of despondent these women are is batshit.
0: So the epilogue is we've returned to Floyd's. Andy is reading Floyd, a newspaper article that mentions how good his song was because the Mayberry Gazette is not exactly discerning critics. Opie enters with Mary Mary it's it's a
1: nice little scene. He yeah, brings yeah. in the girl that he wanted to win. And Andy gives her, like, a little a little fake, uh, like, he, ceremony. Yeah, like. He, he makes a crown
0: out of taking Floyd's hat and turning it upside down. Yeah. Uh, and this is, like, in part to make Mary feel good about herself, but also to shut Aunt, to shut Opie up. Yeah. Because Opie's like, I still think Mary should have won. And so he crowns her Miss Mayberry Jr., mm-hmm. which I think just... Probably is going to come back and bite him in the ass because now he's going to have a whole second freaking thing to judge next year. But puts her up on the on the uh, pedestal that is the barber's chair, gives her the fake hat. Floyd sings his song bail to Z, Miss Mayberry, and
1: uh, end the scene. I mean, again, it, it's sort of it's not Andy getting pitchforked because, uh, like, he, what he should have done is be like, "Hey, now you don't need a contest to validate your uh, your qualities as a human being," but no one in this entire show understands that so I can't super fault him for not having yeah, that yeah, realization yeah. this like the a beauty contest is treated as completely valid and totally a good idea throughout the entire thing like
0: not only the valid and a good idea like the most exciting thing that's happened to these young girls lives.
1: yeah which again they just get shit talking rights over the other women in town like yeah. they don't get like a modeling contract in New York or any shit um, but yeah, no, not like nice, like wholesome moment. It does sort of like click into places like the Andy Griffith that we like hear. Like the, the,
0: the it, this is the beginning of where that Andy Griffith idea comes from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so let's do some some episode ratings. Uh,
1: okay, so those gossiping men again. I hated it initially, and then the second time it grows well, on you. It, it really you. does. I I sort of like slept walked through the first watch of it. Um, I guess six? Six Andes. Six, six Andes, Andes. feels about right to me. Uh, moral repugnancy. So. Nothing's really that, that, like, gross or, like, like, weird about sexism. it. Sexism. There's I mean, some, it, se- it, it, Andy it, drops some sexism that he isn't. But he's, but he's totally reprimanded for it. So. Yeah. So I think low, I think, I think, I think a, a, a one or a a two. W- yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, the... five,
0: so, so, so Andy's we're going to say six uh, 5 we're gonna say one.
1: It's like Andy the Horse Trader in that Andy does something fucked up, but unlike other episodes, he is punished proportionally to how, how much he fucks up.
0: Okay, so now let's move on to, uh, doing the beauty contest. And I'm gonna do the FIFO meter first, because this is hard to discern. Oh my god. Because, like, the moral repugnancy of this is kind of just the moral repugnancy of beauty contests in general. Yeah. Like it's nothing that Andy does. Andy actually does the right thing throughout this entire thing.
1: Andy Yeah, Andy doesn't explicitly do anything wrong, but again, the, the whole situation is kind of screwed. The the the, the, sh- the entire show illustrates why beauty contests are stupid. Uh but then doesn't draw that conclusion. Like it gets it gets so close. It gets like right up to it and it's like Huh? A lot of weird, bad shit happens as a result of them deciding to do a beauty contest. We're gonna solve this by giving an old lady the crown. I think we solved it. I, I I'm, I'm gonna say three, three fives, three fives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how
0: good is this episode? I love this episode. It's up there. I'm gonna give it an eight, maybe a nine.
1: I, I, I kind of dug it. I'll, I'll, I'll say six.
0: Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, in terms of like, should you watch uh, both of these? I'd, I'd say like, both of these are, are like a soft watch. Like, like check them out. They're they're like mod. They're they're moderately entertaining. They're like good to have on in the background. I'll, I'll
0: agree with that. I'll yeah. agree with with that.
1: They um, they don't have the what the fuck factor.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean a little harder on the beauty contest. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, you, you can watch them both on Netflix, Amazon, probably uh, on YouTube. So if you like listening to us, you should like us, uh, subscribe. Uh, You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Break Mayberry. Follow Ron Howard on Twitter at RealRonHoward. As always, please tweet to Ron Howard. Tweet
1: at Ron Howard, not specifically about our show. If mentions about our show get in there, awesome. Like, if they come in organically, we don't want you to force it because it feels like advertising, (laughs) but just like... But you
0: should, you should just tweet, hashtag tweet at Ron Howard. And this week, uh, I think you should tell Ron Howard your favorite recipe for punch. Hmm. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic.
1: Ron Howard might be having a party, and uh, you can help him out. Again, Solo doesn't suck, apparently. So Ron Howard's probably in a pretty good mood. Catch him on that good mood. Try to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Hashtag tweet at Ron Howard.
1: Hashtag tweet at Ron Howard. That way
0: we can go look at them. Yes. Please, again, like, subscribe, rate. Those ratings and reviews really help us. Guys, that's what gets us into search results. Mm -hmm. So if you like what we're doing, please give us the ratings and things. Uh... You can follow me on the internet. I am on Twitter at Schneid Remarks. That's S C H N E I D Remarks. I'm at the Luds. I'm not, not gonna do it this time.
1: I'm not gonna tell you how to spell it. Find it. You can infer from like the way I'm saying it how many D's are in the name. This is why you only have fifty followers. Yes. <laughs> also, because I tweet weird, dumb bullshit. <laughs>
0: Our music was made, done by Max Ludwig, who you can follow on Twitter at Sleep Talkie. Our logo is Emily Christina, who is on Instagram at Scribble Emily. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: all of that stuff is in our notes. Um, uh, let's, oh, so next episode is, uh, I think, I think, I, I think the next one is Alcohol and Old Lace.
0: Yeah, the next episode we're going to dedicate entirely to one episode. Uh, it's, it's. It's nuts, watch it. it listen it, listen
1: watch it watch it because yeah. it is straight up a modern like it for for a brief period in time the andy griffith show travels to the early 2000s and is a gritty crime drama and and then comes back like
0: that is episode 17 of season one alcohol and old lace we're going to be talking about that in our next episode yeah, go watch it. Watch it in advance. That's the first time I'll ever say this.
1: No, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like, you want to, you want to experience the white knuckle thrill ride that is alcohol and old lace.
0: I'm Marty Schneider. This is Dan Ludwig. We will see y'all down at the fishing hole. Uh, bup, bup, bup. So that's what we're getting into this episode. Do we have any house cleaning? I don't think we're. I think we're good. You can. Uh, you
1: motherfuckers aren't sending in fan art anymore. Yeah, we, yeah.
0: We need some tweets. I mean, actually, thank you to everybody who has tweeted at us so far and sent us some stuff. No fan uh, art, though. No fan art.
1: I've developed standards now. I've become. An, I've become accustomed to a certain standard of fandom.
0: <laughs> we need to like put our faces up on on the website so that we can get uh, you know the real the good stuff.
1: Horrible idea. <laughs>